get ready to ride Russ and the rest are gonna light up the sky Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Spike uh, it. Boom. <laughs> Keep the horns coming. Yeah. First let's in go. the AFC. First play. Two yeah. game Do it again. winning uh, A Round of applause, everyone. And a chance to beat the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, it feels good, man. Feels good to uh, wake up on a victory Monday. Sun is shining. 75 out here in Denver, Colorado. Not a cloud in the sky. Maybe a couple clouds in the sky. Um, and that's potentially symbolic uh, mm. having a couple clouds in the sky not mm-hmm. a perfect day um, but it is a perfect day for an exciting announcement oh uh, and what better way to do it than after a Denver Broncos victory you guys have been waiting for you know days months weeks almost years actually Even depending on if years. you count definitely years. you know the COVID delay you've been waiting years to find out what our plans are for London, and we are ready to announce them. So it's live on Eventbrite right now. You can go to Eventbrite, search DNVR, or go to dnvr.eventbrite.com and find out the entire plan. But I'll say it right here. Friday night, everyone gets into town. We'll actually be there starting Tuesday. We're probably going to do a couple informal events Mm -hmm. um, before that. Uh, But Friday night, everyone's in town for the game. Booze cruise down the Thames River. Ooh. Get everyone together. First four drinks are included in your ticket. It's a it's about a four hour uh, experience. So you drink an hour. You know uh, the RK game day plan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know you can mix in a couple more at the oh, bar there. there. Will be. Yes, I think there will be. So that's where we start things out. That's where everyone comes around. You know Broncos fans from all over the globe. Yeah. Uh, going down the river, making noise, making ruckus, making our presence felt. I love it. Uh, I'm very excited for that. I love rivers. I don't think we've talked about this much, but that's my favorite body of water. Big rivers guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I actually think this is kind of dark. I think I'm I'm worried about drowning in a river. Visual- like I, I spend so much time on rivers. Yeah, it's I'm your so favorite. Drunk. Exactly. But that's the problem. Is I love it so much and have such a good time. I fear that that's how I'm gonna go. All right. Visual wow. meme. Uh, it's the Adam Levine meme. Oh boy. And then it's the Tim's River. But it's Hank Wait. instead of Adam Levine at the top, and it says, "Holy f, holy effing f." That body of water is absurd. <laughs> That's how you say that word, Tim's. That, uh, yeah, the Tim's Tim's River. T h a m e s. Wild. I think there was a, a player with that last name, and it was pronounced that way too. <laughs> wow. Xavier Tim's, I believe. I think he like played for the Padres. Oh, okay. There we go. Throwing wow. it out there. Uh, anyways, that's Friday night. Saturday morning, classic vintage London double-decker bus tour. We're going around, uh, seeing all the sights, mm-hmm. you know, pop off, take a little picture with Big Ben, mm-hmm. um, the good one, not the shitty quarterback. Um, that's going to be cool. You know, all the, all the great spots around London, get to see some stuff. Obviously, tour guide, yep. private bus uh, with our own guide. Hopefully, we'll have some... Uh, 
some locals on there too who can give us some inside scoops. Um, so that's a great way to start off our Saturday. The bus will then drop us off in Leicester Square, which is one of the coolest spots in London. Um, has like a little bit of like a Times Square vibe to it, I would say, from the pictures I've mm. seen. So excited to see that. A lot of ads. Um, huh a lot of ads yeah yeah they also do like the big movie premieres there like you'll see you know whenever like a giant movie drops there in london that'll be uh in leicester square um so that'll be awesome we're gonna get dropped off there pep rally so that's gonna be like our big rally get everyone together get excited for the game yep we're at a pub uh, again, a couple drinks included with your ticket there. So that should be exciting. And then after that, this isn't actually part of our package, but once that's over, we're just going to like go, you know, informally go bar crawl around that area because there's a ton of sick pubs. Huh. Uh, so pub crawl, I guess I should Ooh. be saying. Uh, and then that all leads into the Sunday morning tailgate which is going to be at one of the closest pubs to Wembley Stadium. Uh, we're all going there. It's going to be awesome, all-inclusive with your ticket. So that's all you can eat, all you can drink at the tailgate, which is going to be sick. And then, since it is a little bit of a walk, there's very few places like right next to Wembley Stadium. Since it is a little bit of a walk, we're all going to leave at the same time and just march to the stadium. Like Broncos fan, wow. march uh the like 10 minute or so walk it is to the stadium mm-hmm. uh and that'll be uh that'll be the event man it sounds like an incredible weekend oh, we're no. about a month away yes yeah, so well, plus you get if you buy the full big package you get like oh a right swag bag yes so yes there's two pack two packages that include multiple tickets if you do any of those then you're going to get exclusive dnvr london shirt exclusive dnvr london sticker pack uh a custom lanyard uh a guide to london that we're going to put together with uh with the experts some of our partner things yes so yeah some partner maybe like you know potentially like a breck brew in there i know a lot of people from overseas uh have wanted to try that out so we're working on ways that we can do such a thing but it's going to be awesome and it's live now how do people find it yes go to dnvr.eventbrite.com or just go to eventbrite.com and search dnvr at the top where it says search events you can see that beautiful cover graphic we have uh and get your tickets let's go i can't wait baby and then then it looks like we're gonna have a winning broncos team playing a good jags team real quick maybe the first ever good game in london that people are excited about if it's a little hard to find um Go just type in DMVR, then you'll see all of our tailgates, just regular tailgates. And then you click on that, and then you see like the little organized by DMVR. Then you click there. It took me there a little faster. Okay. So if you can't find it, I was like struggling. So well, and also you can just look out on our social media channels. Mm-hmm. We wanted to announce it here for the people first. Yes. Let's go. Uh, and then we're going to put it out on our social channels just here in a little bit. So, so again, can't wait. We'll talk a lot more about this as we get closer to it. Um, and uh, we'll see you guys there. Let's go, baby. There Ryan. is nothing better than a guided tour. Oh, wow. Like, there is nothing Henry better. loves rivers and guided <laughs> it's tours. It's incredible. I'm so hyped. I was talking about this last week, and Caitlin, I, I was saying, like, I don't even, I, I'm curious what the Tower of London is. And she was just like, oh, it's this big thing. And I was like, you just spoiled it. Like, this is going to be so much fun. We're going to go out there and learn about all these things. But no, we got to keep things on the download. Nobody tell me about London. Right. Don't watch the movie preview. Hell no. Never. Never watch a movie preview before you watch it. Great point from Derek here. Yes. Sometimes when I get excited about announcements, <laughs> I forget. The most important announcement, which is that our presenting sponsor, is DraftKings Sportsbook. And that's a good segue right here to, first of all, go over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Use mm-hmm. the code DNVR to get in on all our great deals. 
And let's get back on track, boys. Victory Monday. But a victory Monday with some questions. Mm. I will say I went back and watched the game again today. And as you might imagine, I feel better this morning than I did last <laughs> night, even though I felt great last night. So uh, that's even that's good news. Why? Uh, the defense was just so incredibly dominant. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know. The, the Broncos offense, you know, had obviously struggled. Um, there were also multiple, way more missed calls, I thought, uh, mm. against the Broncos than there were uh, against the 49ers. Obviously, Draymond Jones probably could have got popped for offsides on that game-winning play. Um, so that would have been a free play, bring it back, all the excitement off, you know, off the board, which would have been bad. But first of all, clear and obvious uh, offensive pass interference on the uh, touchdown, the one and only touchdown for the 49ers. And then the biggest one for me is the uh, the leg whip slew foot trip from Nick Bosa, which he politicked his way out of. And we know he loves politics. Oh, uh, <laughs> and he got his way out of it. And then they cut to him and he's just smirking to his teammates. I just I wish someone would have just popped him in the face right then and there. Uh, but that was a dirty play. And the fact that the refs threw the flag and then picked it up on such an obvious, dangerous and dirty play was a joke to me. Anyways, all that aside, uh, I... Uh, Get it off your chest what you need to. Yes, thank you. This is actually very therapeutic for me. Uh, I just I felt like the defense could have potentially pitched a shutout in that game. Uh, and if not, you know, maybe could have been just a couple field goals that they gave up. So that to me was just unbelievable, you know. The way that Ivaro is mixing up the packages, and last night he tried out a little NASCAR with um, it was DJ Jones, Draymond Jones, Baron Browning, Randy Gregory, and Bradley Chubb all out there at once. And yeah, Randy Gregory coming in on the inside too. Yeah, it was just mm -hmm. like, man, I love the way he's getting creative and using these pressure packages. Pat Sertan is unbeatable, and this defense without Justin Simmons, you know potentially going to miss four games maybe more um but or i should say definitely going to miss four games well now you're two no in the first two games without him and last night was one of the better defensive performances i've seen from the denver broncos two and oh without justin simmons is there a conspiracy <laughs> brewing here shut your, mouth. <laughs> shut your mouth but it's one of the big reasons is the backup stepped up what uh -huh. have we said about pj lock all season just how good he was in the offseason how good he was in training camp and boy did he look like it in this game he i mean coming up with that that's that's not just a good play that's such a heads up play to understand okay i'm gonna be coming from behind this guy and I got a clear shot at the ball. Let me take it. Yeah. And then Kareem right there for the fumble. The safeties played great. The safeties played like they had an all-pro out there. Yep. yep. Absolutely. And, you know, Caden Stearns, everybody's so excited about him last year because he gets in those sub packages and you love to see that. And he makes a couple plays here and there. But because he was taking all those reps, P.J. Locke didn't get on the field at all. And so now that Caden bumps up a spot, he gets to start, all of a sudden PJ is going to get these opportunities for at least two more weeks in those sub packages. So far, so good. And I'm, I'm only through like half of the first quarter so far, but I did take a peek at Pro Football Focus because I was looking something else up. He was the highest graded Bronco in that game last night, which I don't know that I put too much stock in that, but it wasn't even the fumble that did it. It was those, the coverage. Those mm -hmm. grades are always so weird. Like, yeah. They're great when... They uh, illustrate your point. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, how does Patser Hand get a 73? Yeah. yeah. Zero receptions that he yeah. gives up? Mm -hmm. um, With two weird. incredible yeah. pass breakups. Yeah. 
So yep. weird. Jos- Josie Jewell, not in the top five highest graded Broncos. And he was an yeah. absolute beast. Guys, he led the team or led or tied the team in tackles, sacks, quarterback hits, forced fumbles, tackles for a loss. I think I may have said that. And quarterback hits, but I didn't say that one already. Every single category. He led yeah. the team or was tied for the team lead. He gave, up, tackles. he gave up that long run, though, mm-hmm. that set up the touchdown. Mm-hmm. And when there's only one touchdown given up in the game, that one could sting. And again, I'm only through half the first quarter, but that one did jump out. That shouldn't sting more than giving up a, a, a big play when there's seven touchdowns in a game, though. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. But At still, least I mean, if you're grading someone, right? 37-yard run. Right. On a scale that goes across the entire league. Yeah, exactly. Like, the context, it should just be the that play in context. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. I think, at least. Yeah, 100%. Maybe if, I don't know, I, I guess... The question would be like, if it's 35-35, the last play of the game, and someone gets burned for a touchdown, like mm-hmm. it's probably worth a little bit more. But and, that's not what happens. But that's here. more situational because right. yeah. you're right. supposed to be sitting there right, anyway. Right, exactly. And then yeah. how about George Kittle? I mean, when we talk about Josie, George Kittle's a guy that's that's in the middle of that field. Mm-hmm. 28 yards. Yeah, not George enough Kittle. not enough discussion about that around. No. Because everyone's ready to, you know, get the fangs out if George Kittle goes for 150 last night. Yep. Um, but he gets, you know, mostly clamped. And no one's talking about it. And that's with Josie Jewell, who's in his first game. Jonas Griffith has got some heat for his coverage of tight ends uh, in the first two games. Looked good there. And then we already talked about it. P.J. Locke, Kareem Jackson, uh, Caden Stearns, backup safeties mm-hmm. in there. And they take care of George Kittle. This could have easily been a 150-yard game for George Kittle. Now, not the way the Broncos played last night. But, I mean, it's set up for that being just a monster homecoming or, or coming out party for George Kittle this year. Yeah, and he was, you know, I felt like a little bit limited in terms of uh, how much he was out there. I, I kept seeing him, you know, standing next to Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many plays he was in for, but I did keep looking over seeing, oh, there's there's big old 85 just waiting to get his number called again. And I think they were being cautious mm-hmm. in the way that they used him last night. But still, even when he was in there, you know, he was not – winning consistently yeah no he he certainly was not he he did not look like a top three tight end like he is yeah it was uh it was just so impressive from that defense and the final play pj lock uh i was just so happy for him like last night you know you're excited about the game and then I, when i rewatched today i was just like dude this is so awesome for pj lock uh, you know, he's only in there for the most part because of the injury to Justin Simmons. He has been a guy that we consistently in training camp over the years have said, man, PJ Locke, like this dude can play. He makes plays on a daily basis and finally gets in there, gets his opportunity. Not his first ever opportunity, but his first real opportunity on the big stage. And in the biggest moment, in the biggest play of the game, he goes and absolutely hammers that ball out of there. Like it wasn't, you know, your classic punch this was like a knockout punch in in both senses of the word so yep. came away just being like man that's so sick like yep. his whole family is either there or watching on tv mm-hmm. all of his friends are yep. so excited for him he makes the play of the game and, so he, and he's a really good dude and we have a, a troll in the comment section saying the whole defense is trash Ali, we don't even need to pull it up uh but <laughs> this either is a chiefs chargers raiders fan uh, or uh, uh, just a, a sick 49ers fan right now because the whole defense was so trash that they allowed 
10 points in the game with uh, the offense not helping them out much. They have the second best scoring defense Mm -hmm. in the NFL, only giving up 12 points per game. Somehow, with the Broncos offense only putting up 14 points per game, the defense is still doing better. And the entire defense got a game ball last night. Three games that they have played. Three fourth quarters. They have allowed six total points in the fourth quarter in three games. In the second half? In the second half, sorry, yes. yeah. entire half. Yes, yeah, se- sorry. Six quarters, yep. three games, six points. One point per quarter in the second half of games right now. Just insane. Yes, it was Geno Smith, Davis Mills, and you know now you get a legitimate team in the 49ers. Um, I saw people kind of trying to downplay that as Jimmy Garoppolo. And all week we were talking about Jimmy's kind of scary. Well, I think it's fair. I mean, Jimmy G is uh, Middle 20th. Of the I mean, a little below average, I, I would yes. say. But still, they've done what they what they, they, they couldn't do anything else right. against these guys. Yes, they're holding teams to next to nothing. The Broncos should be 3-0 and right now on the backs of their defense. But, Ryan, the, the Broncos aren't going to face quarterbacks like this. They're not going to give up 12 points per game throughout the season. But... What encourages me the most about this defense is they come through when it matters most. Not only just clamping down in an entire second half of all three games, but closing the game out when it matters. Vic Fangio's (laughs) defense was great at putting up good statistics, but they would just crumble at the end of a game. When they needed a stop, they wouldn't come up big, and we've seen that from this defense. They've come up big at the end of games. Last night, Randy, Gregory, and Bradley Chubb just had their hair on fire. Uh, they, they, They forced the... The fumble at the end, they had an interception on the second-to-last drive. This defense comes up huge, and that, at the end of the day, is going to be more important uh, than the the stats of 12 points per game when you play the Chiefs. Because, guys, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Jags, they're probably going to put up more than 12 points. But it's when you have that one-point lead, and Patrick Mahomes has the ball with 54 seconds left. Can you do what the Colts did last night? And right now, this Broncos defense is showing me, they're giving me hope that they can. Definitely. And I just looked up the fourth quarter. Three points in three games yep. allowed in the fourth quarter. They have allowed one scoring drive in the fourth quarter of three games. Incredible. Yep. Awesome. Incredible. But yeah, I mean, with that defense, I mean, it it didn't just get one stop at the end. Like, yeah, there was the, yep. the, the P.J. Lock stop. But there was also the pick from Justin Simmons. There's all those Jonas. sacks that they're getting. Or sorry, from Jonas. Yeah, I got the J. Um, but the fact that they were able to do that three, four times in that fourth quarter is crazy. Yep. Like, nobody can do that in the modern NFL. And again, like, this 49ers offense is good. And they were seventh in yards per game last year, and it's basically the same group. Maybe a little bit of a downgrade in, in the offensive line, but not significantly. That's That's really impressive to keep that offense from scoring – that entire that entire second half yeah entire second half yep yep the entire second half incredible all right let's talk about the offense guys and how concerned are we but first broncos have a huge opportunity in the next 11 days they can go 2-0 and be on a four game win streak and be four and one on the season or as hank pointed out yesterday (laughs) they could end up being two and three and you want to make sure that you are at that Colts game because that is creeping up. Broncos are away this week, but then just four days later, they mm-hmm. play at home against the Colts. Thursday night football, and no better place to get your tickets than over at Game Time. Click the link in our description, and Game Time's interface is just what sets them apart on top of their mm-hmm. prices, uh, which just the, the longer you wait, typically, the actually better the deal gets. So now you're kind of in a sweet spot right now uh, where you 
can plan for the game next week, but you also get your tickets on, mm-hmm. on a good price. So head over to our the link in our description. It's on our podcast if you're watching on podcast. It's on our YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. Click the link in our description. Check out Game Time to get to the Colts game. My girlfriend's brother's coming down for that game. His flight lands at 345. And we've been trying to convince him to change it because you're getting out of the airport airport at like four at best. Four thirty. Yeah, and then you go straight to the same <laughs> like what are you thinking doing that? And then who knows, maybe there's a delay too. Yeah, that's the thing that's the thing that would oh, scare me is yeah. you're one one hour delay on the tarmac, which feels like it happens one out of every five flights right now. Yep. Uh at least. Away from just like missing missing the game or at least oh. missing kickoff. <laughs> I, also missing the tailgate. I know that's mm-hmm. potentially the best part. Yeah, yesterday was incredible at the tailgate. I had so much fun. So much fun. And if you want to come to the tailgate, buy some tickets on our Eventbrite page. Absolutely. Um, it was a lot of fun yesterday. I didn't actually eat any of the food, which was a little bit disappointing because there's like the sliders there, but there's also a grill now. Yes. yes. With brats, there wagyu were like, beef wagyu sausages. Yes, wagyu beef sausage called it a brat. My bad. Also, shout out to the homie Dev Machine for uh, manning the grill. Wild. And shout out to Hassle Cattle Company. Yes. A little throwback for some people, but yes. that's what that wagyu Absolutely. beef is. Absolutely. And we shout out to Iceland for yeah. the the sausages, yes. the candy too. Yeah, yeah. Iceland was awesome. Sausages too. Yes, they the hot did. Dogs. Yep. Incredible. Wow. See, my thought is whenever I hear Icelandic sausage, is like. Well, is this like caribou? Mm. <laughs> like, like, like what do they eat? Else. I was thinking blood sausage. <laughs> oh, boy. No, we're not doing that. But, yeah, come out to the tailgate. Come to the bar to watch all these games. It's so much fun. Um, I think that's all I got. And while you're at the tailgate, uh, you can pop into Sports Fan, which, of course, we are in their parking lot in the back. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can swing around to the front, check out all the awesome stuff they have. I was looking at it yesterday, guys. They have Shannon Sharp jerseys, like, you know, authentic ones. Yep. Uh, Steve Atwater. There's a Floyd Little option in there. Obviously, John Elway. They've got all, you know, the stuff you would see on the team store or other, you know, competitors of theirs. But a lot more just like for the real ones type of gear. Uh, and that gets me fired up. So check out Sports Fan. Um, when you're over there, we've got all sorts of stuff around the office here, uh, and uh, and get your gear from there because it's a local business. We love sporting them. Look at that! How that all checks out. You go to you, you go to the game, which means you go to the tailgate, which means you check out sports. Fan. Oh, perfect mm-hmm. mid roll. Yep, it, it is. Wow. But how concerned are we with the Broncos' offense? Because the defense is elite. As I said last night, damn good. Second best defense in terms of points per game. They are the reason the Broncos are two and one. The Broncos. We're only scoring 14.3 points per game. That includes two points from a safety, so 14 points per game for the offense. How concerned are you? Three games in. I'm going to start with the things that have me feeling good. Okay. Uh, because it is Victory Monday. Of course. Um, one, this kind of sounds like a joke, but perfect in the red zone last night. Now, <laughs> one for one. One for one, but... That is a step in the right direction, obviously. Massively. Uh, massive step. Who knows? If they got into the red zone three times last night, maybe they would have punched it in. Like, maybe the red zone issues are fixed. Maybe it was just a, a good play call, uh, and it worked really well. And that's, you know, that matters too. But so the fact that they were able to get in in their one chance last night uh, is a step in the right direction for me. Two, 
on the biggest drive of the game, Russell Wilson looked like Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, has to be encouraging because he even said it after the game, which was kind of funny. He's, you know, patting himself on the back a little bit, but he's like, yeah, I had to use my legs and kind of take over the game a little bit. (laughs) And he did. Uh, And the throw to Kendall Hinton, you know, remember when we said we haven't seen that vintage Russ yet? Mm -hmm. There it was. And when you see the back view or actually the sky cam view of that play, it's twice as sick because he threw it before Kendall Hinton even knew it was coming to him. Mm -hmm. He just saw him there, boom, ripped it. Kendall did a great job of coming back to the ball. And it was just like, ah. There's Russell Wilson. Then yeah. later, like third and four, he runs for it. Uh, just exciting to see that from him. That said, the lack of points, um, not just in this game, because if it was just this game, I would say the 49ers yeah. are really good. And yeah. they are. And it definitely mattered last night. But the fact that, you know, now in three games, you haven't been able to eclipse 16 points, that feels concerning. Yeah, it, it doesn't, and that's where I'm at too. I, I'm concerned, and uh, I'm not overly concerned. I'm not smashing the pen, but because it is three games in, there's a new quarterback, there's a new head coach, there's a new play caller, there's a new offensive system. There's so many new parts where I understand it could take some time. But Ryan, one of the things that that we really you pointed at last week, and it was a, it was a very fair point, was okay. The Broncos averaging 16 points per game, not good, very bad. They're mm-hmm. not going to win many games doing that, and. Crazy enough, they come around and win a game when they score 11 points, nine on offense. But you said they're moving the ball. And uh, through the first two games, they were moving the ball, not last night. And Mm -hmm. again, last night going against a good defense, but you can also argue going against Seattle and Texans, not good teams. So kind of balances out now. But last night, let me just read you the drives. Three and out, three and out, three and out. They moved the ball, eight plays, punt. 11 plays, Mm -hmm. punt, three and out, three and out, three and out. 11-play drive uh, for a touchdown or a missed field goal then. Three and out, three and out. 12-play touchdown drive, three and out, three and out. The three and outs were terrible. And so kind of balancing out everything with the Broncos offense. Right now, in terms of points, obviously one of the worst in the league in scoring points. They're a bottom five team now in total yards. They went from one of the best to bottom five yards per play. They're bottom six. Uh, Passing yards, they're, I believe, bottom five. And then rushing yards, uh, and and let's just do rushing yards per attempt. Right now, they're 17th. So nothing is clicking with this offense in in its entirety right now. And so how can you not be at least concerned? Yep. Uh, Now, I think what it comes down to is Russell Wilson and what we saw in the fourth quarter. And I mentioned this last night, too. If, if Russell Wilson's game of running around, buying time, being the classic vintage Russ is just being held back because Nathaniel Hackett wants to extend his longevity, well, he's going to need to let loose a little bit because Russ, you can't do that. You can't just let him be that in the fourth quarter. You got to let him be that guy. But what would concern me is if Russ just doesn't have that in him outside of one or two plays a game like he did last night, then that that's when my, my, my concern level is actually very concerned. But I'm not willing to say that just yet. I'm not willing to say that he doesn't have it. It's only three games, and I like that we've seen flashes. But you got to unleash Russ now for, like, the rest of the season. Yeah, and I just we'll, – we'll never know the answer to this mystery, which is – is it the coaches telling him because they want to protect his body because they know it's a 17-game season, or is it Russ being hesitant to do it? 
Um, and there's been some weird fluky stuff that has happened that has prevented him from being able to do it. Like, like, you know, Nick Bosa's dirty play last night, uh, like, um, the play the other week when they brought the big blitz, that was last week, they brought the big blitz and he trips over Garrett Bowles foot, like little things like that, where, you know, you might've been able to see more of Russ being Russ. Uh, but it really is one of those things where, we keep talking about how there's so many unknowns with this team. You're just waiting to get more information. And it's just like, that's where we're at with Russ. We need more information to know what's going on, right, Hank? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you can look at the play call. Like, there's no read options. There's no designed runs or anything like that. So, so there's one. There were very few play action uh, calls last night where there's been too many in the past. Yep. And so that's obviously where you see a lot of running where you see him get out of the pocket. But there's also times um, there there was one sack where he could have just leaked out the right side. Like there's nobody. The C is just kind of part, not necessarily to run, but just to buy more time in a game where you have almost no time to throw the ball. He stands there and takes a sack. And so I do think that again, we'll never know like if he's deciding or if the coach is saying don't run or whatever. But you can look at everything that happened last night and say, well, the coaches aren't putting him in positions to run. And even when he does wind up in position, he's not really doing it until the end of the game. Um, but even the running to me from Russ isn't like, it'd be nice to have all that, but it's the lack of separation from the receivers, the, the drops, the missed throws that, that are leading to incompletions too. And beyond all that, I think I might be most concerned with the running game. Like part, I mean, right now the 49ers are third in rushing defense DVOA. Um, behind like Jacksonville and Indianapolis, third best running defense. And so not being able to run on them, sure, maybe chalk it up to that. But I did think coming into the season, that was going to be the one piece that you had week in and week out. And, you know, there's no broken tackles. There's the fumbles. There's no holes. So all of this put together is pretty, pretty concerning to me. Well, and, and just to, to one of the things that we talked about was, uh, and Ryan, you really preached on this first two weeks, was the, the ball just was not bouncing the Broncos' way when there was a fumble, when mm -hmm. there was a pick. Thank on, God it did last night. On defense, it did bounce the, the yes. right way with, with Jonas being able to, to dive under that interception with P.J. Locke forcing mm -hmm. the fumble. Credit to him, but then Kareem Jackson falling on him. And for the offense, lucky, lucky. Melvin <laughs> Gordon, not one. But two fumbles. Guys, the Broncos lose one of those. We're talking about a loss. One We're talking two. about how the Broncos are one and two. We're talking about how the Broncos' offense is completely incompetent, did not do enough to win the game, didn't show up at all because they probably don't get that touch, what, touchdown winning drive because Melvin had a fumble on one of those. Mm -hmm. So the ball did bounce their way last night, and it still didn't help them that much. Yeah, well, it did. It's the difference between a win and a loss. I mean, no, it didn't it didn't help them like become a good offense. No, it mm -hmm. no, definitely not. But that wasn't really the, the the case. It was just, hey, it went against them the first two weeks. They were able to kind of squeak away one and one. But no, in those first two weeks, so if they punch both well, of those in the end yeah. zone, then they're a good offense that's against true. the Seahawks. Yeah, that's true. It's it's a little different. Um but I'll be honest. If one of those fumbles goes the other way, uh, and the Broncos lose last night, I would be saying today that they should cut Melvin Gordon. Uh, we have some people in our comment section uh, <laughs> uh, offering a petition to trade him. Um, and what's crazy is that Melvin Gordon knows how to get in the end zone, 
But after two fumbles in that game, yep. I would have not put him uh, no. Under on, on no the goal line with a one yard. Now, credit to him. He held on to the ball. Didn't he got into touched. the end zone. I was going to say, credit to the <laughs> offensive line for not getting touched. But that scared the hell out of me. I and, 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 and I have really supported Melvin all, all offseason. I was saying how, oh, yeah, Melvin fumbles. Javante had one fewer fumble than mm-hmm. Melvin last year. In the first three weeks, Melvin Gordon has three fumbles. This is something that you cannot overlook. This is scary. It's really scary. And to me, it's reaching a breaking point. You can't have three fumbles in three weeks. One of them lost you a game. Uh, and, you know, we can talk about, oh, fourth down. He was trying to extend the ball. He he forced the fumble on himself. And to be fair, Javante also should not have lost a fumble. Of course, yeah. yes. Um, but this isn't a Melvin versus Javante thing for me. It, it's more just a Melvin thing. This has come up across his whole career, and right now it looks worse than it's ever been. It's not getting better, it's getting worse. Yeah. Three fumbles in three weeks, and and you know, you're know you one bad bounce away from two, two losses being on you in three games. Um I don't know how the Broncos can continue to trust giving him the ball. And at this point, next time it happens, I'm not I'm I'm gonna be a little upset at Melvin. Um, but I'm mostly gonna be upset at the coaching staff. You know what you're signing up for every time you hand in the ball right now. It's it's a shame that this is the truth because Melvin Gordon is actually a very good running back and, and he deserves that credit, and I wanna keep pounding that drum for him. But now it's on the coaching staff. Every time you hand in the ball, you are living with the risk that he is a fumble machine. And in the fourth quarter yesterday, uh, when the game was on the line, Javante Williams had four carries. Melvin Gordon had four carries. Now, Melvin, yardage-wise, did more, 13 yards. Javante only got five. But it's not like the coaches were saying, yeah, we don't trust you anymore. No, they're trusting him just as much. Yep, and they gave they gave it to Melvin on that last third down, too, yep. when it was just, you know, essentially you were trying to run the ball and punt. And he's been he's been in that situation before against Washington football team, and that did end in a fumble. Yeah, and that's one thing that I want to give Nathaniel Hackett credit for. Um, every when you make an aggressive decision and it pays off, everyone pats you on the back and says, "Great job! That was mm-hmm. the that was the right call." You know, you're a genius. Um, but no one ever comes back around to pat the coach on the back when they make a conservative decision and it pays off. And essentially, it's almost believed as like, "Oh, he got away with one." Because he decided to be conservative in that in that sense, mm-hmm. but I think that Nathaniel Hackett read the way the game was going correctly last night, uh, and so instead of throwing the ball with Russell Wilson uh, on second or third down in that situation, he said, "Hey, I'm going to take timeouts away from the Niners, and I'm going to give the ball right back to him, and I'm going to trust my defense." And that defense was so so elite last night that I think it was the right call. But no one's going back and saying like. Great job, Hackett. Good punt. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and I think he does deserve that credit. Totally. I mean, the the game management in general was really good. I mean, even sticking with the running game, was that must have been really hard to do when you're just running the ball twice, throwing on third down, and you're not getting anywhere. But there were a lot of first down runs. You just have to accept that that's how that game goes, and you just need to keep grinding away, grinding away. And they stuck with that. You know, there was the punt from midfield right before that, too. Um, when they were still down, when they needed points, you know, fourth and inches. And I think that Hackett said after the game, that was one where he threw it up to the booth and they're saying, you have to, you should punt this, you should punt this, you should punt this. And he was having a tough time and he agreed, okay, let's punt it. And it worked out. So, all right, the fourth and inches. Exactly. Yeah. I, I do think that all that stuff took a big step forward. I, I, I mean, the, the other side, though, is that I do wish that they were more creative offensively. 
maybe not more aggressive, but just find a way to get get people going one way and then go back the other. Like yeah. there's just not enough of that. It's hard to find that balance, though. It was hard to pull off misdirection last night because the uh, the 49ers are getting into the backfield so quick. So any yeah. play that take a little bit to develop, like, you know, Javante Williams has two good runs. You get all the mm -hmm. way down there. You try to run a little draw play with Melvin Gordon, and it gets blown up the second that he gets the ball, and it completely derails the drive. Um, that was the play that I believe then a couple seconds later, Cortland Sutton had the drop. And it was just like, wow, everything went wrong because you kind of tried, overthought it a little bit, even though a draw had worked with Javante mm -hmm. only two plays earlier. But I, I I was thinking, like, don't run a reverse because these guys are just blowing up everything. It's like mm -hmm. anything. Don't try anything that goes backwards. Just move forward. Speaking I, of, like, reverse and getting the ball into playmakers' hands, crazy that K.J. Hamler played the whole game and just – Not I, even a target? Even, nope, nope, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. It's time to wonder. Real I mean, yeah. 19 snaps, he ran 11 routes. Oh, he did have a target, because, but it didn't count because it was a free play right. Uh, right. on an offside. But yeah. real quick on the misdirection, I mean, the reason you do that, though, is to stop them from being that aggressive. Because then they have to think about it. If they know, oh, yep, they've run the ball straight ahead this many times, probably going to run the ball straight ahead again, they can keep pinning their ears back. As soon as you catch them with the screen, as soon as you just screen get them going one way or the other, that's what, that's what slows them down. But yeah, KJ... 19 snaps, 11 routes run, no targets. It's not not ideal. No, no, certainly not ideal. Yeah, it's concerning. Real quick, Rosberg, helpful? I, yes. You, you can't say he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, the, the funny thing was Rosberg definitely held Nathaniel back, Nathaniel Hackett back on that fourth and inches. Uh, but Nathaniel Hackett said the reason he hired him was so that he could focus more on the offense. It just happens to be that's the worst the offense has looked. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm very curious to see what this Broncos offense looks like against the Raiders, and we're going to talk about it a lot this week. It should open up a ton. And speaking of the Raiders, that's some great news for you Broncos fans. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook where you can find this great news because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, they've already got lines up for next week, which we're going to dive into mm. in just a second. And if you bet $5 on any Moneyline game in the NFL this week, you're going to get $200 in free bets in your account right away. Those are going to come in in eight $25 free bets. DraftKings Sportsbook gets you in the door with this, but then once you're there, they keep giving you things. On Saturday, they gave me like four profit boosts. Mm -hmm. uh, tonight, they've got some fun things going on for the Giants and Ooh. Cowboys game. That On DraftKings, boy, they're saying that the, it's going to be a close game. I think the Giants may be three and zero, oh, so I like the Giants tonight personally over Cooper at Rush has been Sportsbook. So good, yeah. Cooper no. Rush has been so good. Three and zero as a starter, right? Yeah. Some yeah. somebody was saying this is my favorite take. If he had an arm, oh, if he had an arm, he would be Peyton Manning. But the problem is he's just so weak and can't get the ball anywhere. So he has like the brain. He's hitting everything underneath. I don't know. That's I'd, yeah, that's, I'm kind of bought in. That's Trevor Simeon right there. And <laughs> no, uh, no, I love Trevor, and he's uh, he's a backup in the NFL right now. But you can get on on this. So Sounds Rush. like Henry is going to be uh, betting on the Cowboys. I'm maybe betting on the Giants. Head over to the App Store now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this offer and see the terms and restrictions in our uh, details of this pod on the podcast and on the website. All right. Oh, and speaking of the good news, oh. let's give our DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week this week. <sighs> Guys, I warned you last night. I said this Raiders team, 0-3, it's 
it's going to be a little more difficult than that. And Vegas said, absolutely, it is. In fact, guys, I don't think the you're... opening line. No, Vegas is backing me up by saying this. I, I, I don't think so. Absolutely, they are. My DraftKings pick of the week. Broncos plus 100 right now. The Denver Broncos, the one, the two and one Denver Broncos on a two-game win streak, are underdogs against the Las Vegas Raiders this week. I would get in on this line now, and why it's my pick of the week is because get in on it now. This is going to flip, just like it flipped last week for the Broncos and 49ers. This is going to flip. Broncos are going to end up being two-point favorites. It's going to be about a three- or four-point swing. So get in now at Broncos plus 100. How crazy, like that the line for the Broncos game was always around one point, one way or the other, and it ends in a one-point game. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they just do this so often. So that's what I'm looking at, at this as is. It's going to be a close game. Yeah, but yep. how is how is Vegas not backing what I said about the Raiders putting up what more you of a were fight saying, than people think? It's just they're just saying the Raiders aren't that bad. They're not saying they're like backed into a corner and they're going to play great. They're just saying like they're, the Raiders aren't as bad favored. as they're record. They're, that's exactly yes. what they're saying. No, they're, they're saying s- right now the Raiders <laughs> are going to win a close game, uh, and uh, because the, it's not because they're zero and three, it's because they're backed into a corner. No, they're saying because they're not as bad as their record says they are. And I, I mean, yeah, that yeah. plays into it. Yeah, <laughs> that defense is so bad, though. They looked terrible. Like I'm, I was talking about the running game struggling. This should be a game where they can get back on track. So you taking over Broncos points in this game, or what are you doing? What's your pick of the week, Zach? There is no way in hell I'm taking the over on the Broncos points until they actually score <laughs> twenty in a game. What is the uh, uh, team total? Um, I got it right here. It's got to be like twenty-one and a half. Twenty-one. 21 and a half. So can they get more than three touchdowns? My DraftKings pick of the week. Is that? Over. Ah, love over it. Over on 21 and a half. Wow. Um, again, I have to take myself back to that Seattle game in which they moved the ball at will, could have scored 38 points, uh, and had just fluky stuff happen. Um, it feels like some of those fluke, like at least the penalties and stuff are, are out of their system. I'll touch wood. Um I think next week they play a cleaner game, and they're on a hot streak in the red zone right now, so they get it in next week. <laughs> wow. I like it. I like the over there. Uh, because if it's ever going to be over, it's going to be in this game. If the ever offense is ever going to heat up, it's going to be this game. Get right game. I think I'll go with mm, give me the Jags plus six and a half at Philly. Mm-hmm. Jags are playing such good football. Six and a half points is so many. It's a lot for a, a team that looks pretty darn good. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The the Dolphins getting three and a half points in Cincinnati next week is also tempting. Ooh. Thursday night football though, Ooh. and Tua, we just don't know if he is what's happening with him. And they got like doubled up in yards. I th- the stat was something like they, I think the Bills ran like ninety plays, and Miami ran thirty six or something yesterday. Teddy came in for one series, and it was almost an abject disaster. <laughs> yep. He almost he like threw one away, almost threw a pick six on a bubble screen. It was just like, oh, God, they're in big trouble. Yep. So two is the truth, baby. Two it is. Go. Uh, and I've always believed that. But he also looked like he was 1,000% concussed. Then Ian Rappaport comes out with a weird report defending it, which makes no sense. Uh, and now they're saying like he's still a little sore, and they're not sure. He also has an ankle issue. Here's what happened is he was probably concussed. Um, he also probably... Um, scammed the system on his original baseline test like a lot of NFL players do uh, when they're doing the uh, baseline test for concussion. So he was able to pass the baseline test, which then they just go, 
all right, he can come back in. Uh, but did you see what what happened? Did you see the play? Yeah. So he's wobbling around there, yeah. completely looks completely in a daze. Yeah. Then did you see what Ian Rappaport said? I did not see his report. Okay, so Ian Rappaport said he hurt his back earlier in the game, and then on that play he tweaked it, and that's why he was wobbly. Mm, yeah, we'll see. That <laughs> if you see the replay, it does not look like a guy whose back hurts. No, no. no like the, like what? His back was at a forty-five degree angle, so he <laughs> stood up and was like, "Oh no!" and toppled over. That's not what happened. We've he all seen busy. the the knee buckle head thing before right yeah and that's yeah. exactly what it looked like not like ow my back hurts yeah i i yep. hope he's okay and if he plays i really like that uh line you found there hank yep definitely i don't so think he's gonna go. play and they're gonna have to find a way to uh cover it up with teddy with the ankle Deep injury ball teddy baby um all right there we go anything else we need to get to here? absolutely there's a couple things ryan why don't you tell me about liquid death Ooh, liquid death actually so um, I used to not be a big sparkling water person. Mm. Slowly but surely have gained a taste for it. And the liquid death uh, sparkling water is extremely good. It sounds intimidating. It does. It does. And I think that's the point. Is It's kind of a joke. Well, you, you, know, you know what it does? It kills your thirst. Ah, uh, there the you go. death to your thirst. There you go. Wow. What I love, though, is they just have one called mountain water. And you guys know big water aficionado yeah. here. So true. Um, I, you know, everywhere I go, I judge their water. And this stuff is the truth. Mm. Um, like I don't, I don't even normally buy bottled water because I'm like, oh, just filtered Colorado tap water is better than bottled yep. water. Canned water, though, different scenario. I uh, yesterday had two of them at the tailgate. It's just great, solid water, uh, and their sparkling stuff is great too. Lots of different flavors. The cans are cool. It's a win-win-win. It is. It, it is a win-win-win. I'm all in. Yeah. Why not? What else do we need to talk about, Hank? I thought those were the. By the way, you can <laughs> oh, we already it, did drive Kings. You can get it at Safeway, Seven Eleven, King Supers, uh, you know, any of the uh, classic local retailers. See, I mean, just uh, another shout out to DraftKings. Oh. Uh, uh, got a notification right now: fifty percent single game uh, parlay boost for tonight. For Ooh. same game parlay boost for tonight. Nice. Saquon over on rushing yards. Mm, He's like so it. back. Like um, Mile High City Sliders. Mm. They're so good. Um, I didn't get to have any yesterday, like I said. But, yeah, I mean, the drunken meatball, the jalapeno popper, the uh, classic just American cheese, like good old slider slider. They have everything there. Even some delicious veggie options. Veggie options, chips, all that sort of stuff. Um, and if you want to check them out, then you should book them for whatever event you have or just come to the tailgate, obviously. But they do, you know, weddings and company picnics and graduations. Food trucks are awesome. And this is the best one, as RK likes to say a lot. Food, sliders is food truck. Sliders are food truck. Match Perfect. made in heaven. Yeah, it's just it's the way it should be. So uh, call 720-375-3464 to book for any event in the metro area. They also have a Facebook page and all that sort of stuff. Um, again, that's Mile High City Sliders, and you want to talk to Dominic at 720-375-3464 to set up the food truck appearance for any of your catering needs. Boom. All right, let's get into our super chats here first. Okay. Hmm. Uh, we start here with Mr. Orange. Number five, Randy Gregory. Probably the best pickup uh, so far this offseason. I think I could make the case, Randy Gregory, best player on the Broncos through three games. Mm, you, could. Wow. you could. You could certainly make that argument. The chat agrees with you very strongly. You could make that case. Yeah, he has looked like an absolute beast. 
15 pressures, two yeah. sacks, two tackles for loss, two forced fumbles. Yeah. The dude is absolutely crushing it. I don't know if you guys – we talked about it last night. I was like, I wonder how Tran- Chandler Jones is doing. So I looked it up. Uh, he's not doing anything, actually. Um, he has uh, zero sacks, four quarterback hits, seven pressures, um, like one tackle for loss. Yep. It is crazy. Uh, and this is one where, again, touch wood, if Randy Gregory stays on the field all year, George Payton's going to look like a genius. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. And speaking of that position, our guy Will Jock says extend Chubb now. No, there's there's no need to. If you extend Chubb now, you're paying him top dollar. Well, mm. wait wait for him to prove that he's going to stay healthy, and then just do what you would do now. Pay him top yeah. dollar. Right yeah. now, he's thinking. I mean, three sacks through three games. Yeah, he's thinking he's going to be making a lot of money this offseason, so yeah. he's not giving you a discount right I'll now. Tell you what, I'm going to extend Chubb if this pass rush duo oh keeps playing like <laughs> oh this. Oh boy, Usac <laughs> says a dub versus the Raiders. Sun is a dagger for their season. Oh, a win versus the Raiders this Sunday is a dagger for their season. I completely agree. Um, And uh, Ryan, you said earlier this week, and we'll talk about it, or you said yesterday, and we'll talk about this later in the week, uh, that their season's already over. No, because if they beat the Broncos, they're only one game back of the Broncos then. Yeah, totally. you, you, You beat them this week, they're done. Absolutely done. So I agree with you, Yusef. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think they're done yet. It, it doesn't look good for them. I'm not going to bet. I wouldn't uh, say that, they're, that their season's not done, but, I mean, y- you can kill them this week. Be curious what the percentage of 0-3 teams to make the playoffs is. Uh, less than 12% because 12% is 0-2 teams. Oh, exactly. So, so yeah. I'm thinking, like, maybe only two or three teams ever have done it. Yeah, it would be more than that. Yeah, it would definitely be more than that. It would probably be a, uh, a decent per- 5% or something I'll look it up. Like so, as of right now... 538 has the Raiders with a 13% chance of making the playoffs. The FPI with ESPN has them at 19.6%. So, again, that's still alive. But they haven't played any division games, have they? They, no, lost, they lost to the Chargers. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so, they still have five opportunities in the division. Again, the Raiders are the worst team in the AFC West. Yes. Um, but this week, you kill them. And if we trust these numbers, 13 to 20% chance they make the playoffs. You beat them this week. Those take a big hit. I was pretty close. Oh, really? Dating back to the 1979 NFL playoff expansion, only six teams have gone from 0-3 to the playoffs. There we go. Pretty crazy. Last one to do it, Texans, 2018. Uh, They won nine in a row. There you go. Good The Texans were so solid so recently. It's crazy. It is crazy. Next one from Seth. He says, our defense is so sick. If our offense figures it out, we will be hard to beat. Hats off to Coach Hackett for being humble and realizing he needed help. And then also says, hey, fellas, congrats to RK for riding with our Broncos. That dub has to feel extra sweet. It does. You know, I was I really wanted to dunk on uh, national mm-hmm. media today because, like, everyone on the SNF panel but Matthew Barry picked mm-hmm. against the Broncos. Yeah. Everyone on the NFL Network panel picked against the Broncos. And I, and I wanted to be like, man, look at these dum-dums. And then I was like, wait, then I'm just throwing you guys under the bus. So. Hey, I took, I took the Broncos on the tailgate yesterday You always morning. take the Broncos on the tailgate. So. <laughs> I took them. If I'm not there, it doesn't count. So last uh, wow. last time I heard, it was a San Francisco 49ers win for you. So also, neither of you, guys, neither of you guys responded to this in the group text, so yep. now I have to put you on blast publicly. <laughs> 0-4. Oh 0-4 and four. Oh and four yeah, in the AFC yeah, West. Yeah. Great. Like Thank I said, uh, just as impressive as 4-0. Oh. Yep, yep, it really is. Wow. And that, that's why, you know, I just took my dub right there, Ryan. There you go. So thank you. And what la- was your dub? 
What was my dub? Yeah, what, what was it? Uh, going on forward, just as impressive as oh, no. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah congrats. So thank you. Good job. Uh, no, no formal apologies when, <laughs> when we're talking picks. Uh, and, and Kyle Garcia says, imagine how good the defense will be. Uh, sorry, that, now I can see it. Imagine how good the defense will be when they can rest between drives because the offense isn't consistently having three and outs. It's a great point, Kyle. They have only consistently had three and outs one game. Um, yeah, yeah, but but imagine how much better the defense could have been last night, and probably actually not much better. Right. Yeah. They, they so allowed one big play anyway. in the whole game, and Ten it cost points. them seven points. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but it is true. Uh, my that I think I forgot to mention this when saying why I felt better today. The number one thing I feel good about today is if this offense ever figures it out, the Broncos are right there with the with the echelon of the best teams in the league. We're talking about now. That's a that's a big if. Three yeah. weeks have showed that they are a bottom scoring offense. I don't think that'll hold up forever. Agree. Uh, I also probably don't think they're going to vault themselves into the top ten. Uh, you know, but if they can be a top ten scoring offense for the final twelve weeks or something like that, then you're talking about this team. Like, look at you know the Buccaneers right now. Everyone looks at them as a you know a legitimate contender because their defense is really good, but their offense is also struggling. They're feeling the same way, which is like if this offense gets going, we're a Super Bowl team. Um, mm-hmm. The Eagles are a team right now that's kind of hitting on both cylinders. Um, and if the Broncos were just producing on offense, we'd be talking about them in that category. The Bills, same thing. You know their their defense looked really good. Uh, before yesterday when they played with without half of it, basically. Um, and their offense is obviously their offense. It's like, that's a team. So uh, I believe the Broncos are figuring it out on offense, which they certainly have the quarterback to do, in my opinion, away from being considered a, a Super Bowl contender. And I didn't say this before, but I feel a lot better today, too. And I didn't feel bad last night at all. Um, the defense, as we talked about, could be the best defense in the NFL. Is it? I mean, you gotta you gotta prove it for more a couple info, more weeks yeah. and do all that sort of stuff. But they're definitely in the conversation as of right now. The offense, you know, I think it's easy to get caught up in, you know, just looking at the the very best offenses and say, oh, why aren't we that team? Why aren't we that team? There aren't many of those though. You know, you have the Bills who are just gonna put up an insane number of points every week. You have the Chiefs who are gonna do that. But beyond that, there really aren't any others. You know, the Bucks have struggled. The Packers have struggled. The Chargers were supposed to be right up there, but they just put up 10 points on the Jaguars this week. There's nine teams averaging 27 points or more. Yeah, but but then, like, who are those teams? It's the Miami Dolphins. Yep, the and Atlanta again. The Falcons. So, again, the Falcons, you don't believe it. The Dolphins, it's still early, so you could see how they could come back to earth. You're not ready to say, like, oh, this is one of the league's very, very best offenses. You know? The Jags, exactly. Browns, Eagles, yep. Chiefs, Bills. Lions mm-hmm. and Ravens. And you look through any of those, and I guess maybe the Ravens are in there too. But it's the Chiefs and Bills that you look at and say, yep, this is definitely sustainable. That's who these teams are. There are so few of those teams that are actually going to do that every week. And I don't know. The, the Broncos can totally get into that second tier, that third tier. And if they do that, they have the defense to win a lot of games. I mean, we talked about the Broncos need to be about 26 points per game to be taking a step uh, in the right direction with mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, the investment they had, mm-hmm. uh, and that would put them in that group right there. That is almost doubling their point total from what yeah. they're at right now. Uh, but I do think they have the pieces for that. But like you said, Ryan, it, it is a big ask to just say, okay, they need to double their, their points right now. Uh, but I believe they have the pieces. It is just crazy, though, like watching around the NFL and just seeing all these teams score 
touchdowns, like the Lions. I mean, the they're Falcons. They're like scoring touchdowns. The, yeah, exactly. It's weird to see. It's the, very the weird to see the, the Lions being the second best offense in terms mm-hmm. of points. Yep. Totally. Yep. I mean, we hop into the comment section? We should. Yeah. First one coming in from Melbourne Broncos says, my boys, winning is fun. We owe it to the defense, obviously. They have improved out of sight, so I guess a little thanks goes to Fangio for educating them the last few years. Let's hope Russ gets better and the receivers start catching the ball more and crush the Raiders. Cheers. Boom. Yes. Let's go. Crush it. Man, could you imagine if the offense just clicks this week and they beat the Raiders like 38 to 10? Yep. Blow the doors off them just like the Jags did to the Chargers. Yes, they did. That was awesome. Broncology says you have to give a ton of credit to both the defense to both defenses in that game. Wait, sure. Can we talk about the Chargers for just a quick second? Sure. First of all, yesterday, an a, just an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, never should have played Justin Herbert in the first place. Now you've set him back, in my opinion, in terms of his recovery from yep. that injury. And it has begun the Chargers unraveling, which is the most predictable thing in sports. Never root for injuries. I don't want to see these guys yeah, get Yeah, that's why I didn't do that uh, on Twitter publicly today. Yeah, yeah. One one person came after me, whatever. All I was saying is, I'm not celebrating the injuries. I'm just saying, this is the most predictable thing ever. It happens to them every single mm-hmm. year. Rashawn Slater out for the season. Uh, Joey Bosa has a groin injury, which is not good for a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Justin Herbert is hurt. Yep. Keenan Allen's banged up. JC Jackson doesn't look the same coming back from that injury. It is insane how this happens to them. And yet, is it? Because it's very predictable. But now look at the Broncos. I mean, look how big their injury report yep. was last week. Uh, and uh, the Broncos weather through it. Now, I, I think the, the injuries to the Chargers seem more significant, speci- specifically with Rashawn Slater, especially when your quarterback can't be touched right now and you lose uh, a really good tackle in this league. Uh, but the Broncos weathered them. They did. It's yeah. It's a little different for the mm-hmm. Chargers. It's just like all of their best players are somehow always hurt. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and obviously Justin Herbert is is the key for them, and he does not look like he should be playing, uh, and it doesn't look like he should be playing for a couple of weeks. I know they have to make a really tough decision right now. The, but the thing is, you're already one and two, mm-hmm. yep. and can you say let's sit him for two weeks? I don't know what their schedule looks like off the top of my head, but can you get away with that at this point? Like. You, at the end of the day, though, you have to do what's best for your young quarterback. Long term. Yes, uh, 100%. So, yes, you, you can, even if that means missing the playoffs again. And real quick, the Jags look so good. Yep. Six, sixth in total offense, eighth in total defense. The advanced stats say they're even better than those numbers. I, yes, it's great that the Chargers lost and all that, but I do wonder if this will look like a good loss at the end of the season. Mm. Not a good loss. And a lot you're like, ah, okay, okay. That, the London game is going to be um, awesome because of everything we've got going on and being there. But that game's actually going to be a good one. It's going to be tight. What's crazy is, yeah, if the Broncos hold up their end of the bargain and the Jags stay where they're at, like it could potentially be the biggest game ever in London. Yeah, it very mm-hmm. well could be. Yeah, and I definitely. believe this week starts the London games. Yes, we there got is London one. London game this Sunday. Vikings with... How do you feel Somebody. like I, I'm pro, you know, um, I'm pro London games for the expansion of it. But like, I don't like having to wake up that early to watch the game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's but then it's also nice if you're up that early. It is. Yes. Game on. Yes. <laughs> and it's meant for, the for yourself. There, I can see. Yeah. Like they yeah. the 930 Sorry, start on the East Coast would be nice. 
get something going before the and all they care about is east coast so. yep broncology says you don't you have to give a ton of credit to both defenses in the game sure the broncos has some miscues but so did the niners two those two defenses are top in the league neither gave an inch and the broncos found a way to win it in the end hopefully this will build mm-hmm. team chemistry and something they can draw from when it gets tough down the road i love the game such resilience the broncos of the past years have crumbled in these situations time and time again thanks for the coverage let's ride let's ride yep Kirk Smith 44 says winning is winning, but Russ needs to be better. He's an average quarterback at best right now, a long way from a $250 million man. You guys said during predictions that we need to score more than 16 points. I did say that, and I, and I said that again last night. Underestimated the defense. <laughs> yep. Um, but we can stick by that still. Uh, the Broncos do that for the rest of the season. They're not going to be playing a Seattle Seahawks with Jimmy Garoppolo. They're not going to be playing a Davis Mills Texans who looked atrocious yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be playing Jimmy Garoppolo making his first start of the season. Uh, yep. So the, mm-hmm. the Broncos offense absolutely needs to step up. He, At some point, yes. He does not look like a $250, $50 million guy right now. You're also not playing the San Francisco defense every week. Mm-hmm. But that's the other on. piece. The Texans right. defense. The Seahawks defense, true, not true. playing them either. More true. or less than 16 points needed to win this week? Uh, more. <sighs> more. Maybe I'm going to say, more. I'm gonna say much, though. At, right now my feeling is that 18 would be the number. I think 18, 18, I'd say, yeah, you win with 18. There we go. Nash Bronco says, hi, boys. Great show yesterday. I feel like Hackett overreacted to the criticism and reverted to being a very boring offense. Yep. That paired with more drops and a few miscommunications culminated to what we saw last night. However... The team looked composed, and penalties and process were so much better. Previous year's teams would have lost that game, but with Russ, I never doubted the win, even when we were behind. We beat a top-five NFC team and made progress in a few areas. Jewel played up to the level he was at last year, which was awesome to see. And it seems like Jonas is starting to fully understand the scheme since he was out there more than Singleton. I love how this defensive scheme puts players in position to make plays on the ball. Uh, Evero is a superstar so far. Yep. Yep. And, you know, the buttons they pushed worked. I I agree the offense wasn't creative enough. At the same time, though, you pound the rock up the middle. You accept the way that that game is being played. It's a defensive battle. You don't do anything to put the ball in harm's way. You make sure you're not turning it over, giving him short fields. A lot of offensive coaches aren't capable of flipping into that mode. I still don't love it, though. Yeah, I can't give credit to the offense outside of one drive yesterday. Not to the offense. To I can understand maybe where the play calling came from. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, Alex Singleton is such an incredible luxury. I don't know how there wasn't a team that brought him in to be their just bona fide starter. Mm-hmm. He's a better inside middle linebacker than I would guess at least 10 teams are trotting out there yes. right now. Uh, and it's cool because then you see Josie come in and you're like, oh, Josie is definitely better than him. And he's already, like, really good. Uh, uh, even, you know, he, last night you get to use him on special teams, and he's just, like, an absolute stud for you on special teams. Yep. Shout out to Aaron Patrick, yep. who was also a stud yeah. on special teams. Yep. Three tackles for Singleton on special teams. Nobody else had multiple. It's another thing. Special teams last night, aside from uh, the missed Brandon McManus field goal, which on the rewatch, wow, it was as bad as I thought. Yep. You missed that by 20, 30 feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, aside from that, special teams last night, awesome. Another thing that you usually only gets talked about if it's bad. 
Right. Yes. A hundred percent. So credit Incredible. to them. Incredible. And definitely we gave Corliss his due, which was very deserved yesterday. DK says last time and only time a team won a game 11 to 10. They were on to win. They went on to win the Super Bowl. What's Just crazy? saying. What's crazy about uh, oh, that? Well, actually a different stat. Um, the only other time a team won a game with exactly a touchdown, a field goal and a safety um was the dan orlovsky game when he ran out of the back of the end zone so same exact safety did they get uh the two-point conversion or no i don't know i don't know i think no because i think that's exactly the points like not even the extra point okay okay wow there we go uh rustway johnson says division leaders wilson fourth quarterly fourth quarter rally song of evero was that a a uh haiku I don't know. <laughs> I have it. No <laughs> it looked like it was styled in some sort of poem. I think it is. <laughs> it must be. I think that's a little five seven five. Should I read it again? Division leaders, Wilson fourth quarter rally, song of Evero. Yes, that's that is <laughs> exactly absolutely haiku. And Kendall Hinton, the Hall of Famer, coming through says, "Feels so good to be two and one, even if our offense is worse than last year right now." Here's some of my takeaways: the good, Russ can still run. What a relief. The bad. We had bland Pat Shermer-like play calling. Apparently, we have to pick good, clever play calling or minimizing penalties. <laughs> Hackett needs to figure that out. It's rough. The ugly. Russ has played like he maybe warrants half the contract right now. I'm so worried we got closer to the Russ of last year than the Russ from two or three years ago. Still early. I, I think mean, that's still out. Uh, the, the jury's still out on that. Yeah. I'm not. Yep. And that's, that's why exactly where I said my concern level is, is who is he? I've never hated the fact that football only plays once a week right. more than I do in these first three weeks. Yep. The good thing is next week we get two in the span of four or five that's days. That's true. It's, there's yep. just so many questions, and we don't have enough information to answer them yet. Yep. yep. And it's very true. It is worth noting, I mean, when Matt LaFleur got to Green Bay, you can make a very, very, very strong case that that was the worst season of Aaron Rodgers' career. And everybody wants to think about the last two years, but... You know, there, there was that one that was really ugly. And maybe it just takes some time for the offense to click. Yep. Hank, you want to get the next one? Do you have them pulled up? I don't have them pulled up. All right. RK's burner account says, fellas, if you had to guess how many official drops the wide receivers have this year, what would you guess? I already saw his answer. Hank, what would you guess? Ugh, see, the, I've seen two of accounts because one had two guess? coming into what this. One had five coming what into this. What would you guess? I mean, it depends on where he's looking. Nine. Nine if we're using the five. Officially, it's two. Since that See? is obviously wrong, what is the what is with the drops? It seems like we've had a very abnormal amount in the first three weeks. I don't know exactly who scores these or what, but yeah. like on rewatch, the Jerry Judy one doesn't count as a drop. That's a pass no. broken up. Mm-hmm. It got tipped. Mm-hmm. But fans, of course, see that, and that's a drop to them. Um, i got to say, I have not had a an issue with drops i don't think it's been like crazy bad personally yeah, there's been I, some, I think it's fairly normal there's been some really bad situational drops yeah um yeah. the Cortland sutton one last night the albert o one last week yep. and that that's where they stand out so much to yeah. the fans and i wonder because what they were fifth in expected points lost to drops coming into this week that Cortland sutton drop is worth three more points and with the potential for a touchdown the the drops need to get better the drops do need to get better. Yeah. Again, situationally, they just need to make those yeah. plays. And I yes. think that's what it is. I, you probably find every fan base, 90% of fan base is complaining about drops as yep. well. So I personally don't think it's as bad as fans are making it seem. Also, I don't know why I'm inspired to do this, but I just saw it so much in the last two weeks. 
I might just go put together a um, highlight reel of every one, every quarterback that people think is good uh, throwing short of the sticks on third down. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's been tough. Josh Allen's doing it. Pat Mahomes <laughs> is doing it. Oh, it's just it just that's yep. what happens. Yep, yep, it is. All right, Nicole Jokic, QB1, says, what a refreshing game. After years on the carousel, multiple training camp battles, and a long list of failed free agency pickups, the Broncos are trending in the right direction. Yes, there were some uh, bumps along the way, but at least it seems we found ourselves a better franchise punter. Sure, the offense looks sloppy, anemic even. But if you told me on Sunday morning the Broncos would get a win while the Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders all lost, I would have taken it regardless if it was 11-10, 2-0, or 6-1. In a heartbeat. Um do you know how you can get one point? Um, and on only a, one point? On a drop kick? No. How? The only way you can get one point uh, in football without it being an oh. extra point is a safety on a two-point. or a, a, So, like, if you were going for two and you somehow went backwards 98 yards and got a safety, that would be oh. one point to the other two. That's never happened. I, don't, I actually think it has. I, think you, I thought you could do it on, like, a drop kick punt or something like in a very other weird way maybe not though i think you might be right i think there might be two ways to get it man that would be wild if 98 yard safety that yeah or like jimmy g was looking like that last night you could also get the more likely is the one point safety the other way where you like throw a pick or something and they run back in the end zone and Uh, tackle them yep instead of 98 that's just one i mean still very right. rare. Yeah, they intercepted on the one yard line, run back into the end zone, yep. trying to dodge and get tackled. Yep. I just Wild. all I want is to see a team end with one point in a game. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my dream. You think we'll ever see it? I can die happy after that happens. I think yes, it's gonna happen in college wow. football more likely. Oh, okay, in college, sure, um, sure, sure. Probably won't happen in the pros. Yep. Was there more? Or did we get that one? Um, he went on personally. I don't think Hackett is. Dan Reevesing Wilson. It seems like they haven't fully figured it out yet. San Francisco did a great job taking away Wilson's bread and butter plays. They need to build chemistry. Russ is going to go into this week looking to hook up with his boys. I hear Vegas is a good spot to do that. Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Uh, until then, Broncos country, let's punt. Oh, my gosh. I love it. And next one from Ham says, this is the ickiest feeling win, but I'm going to still revel in it. I also hate saying. Last week was ickier. Oh, that yeah, yeah. I also hate saying this, but they gotta let Russ cook. Let the man be himself. It's time. No better game to do it than against the Raiders' abysmal secondary and non-existent pass rush. I got a bone to pick with DNVR. Why are there only four Broncos shirts on the site right now, but six Rocky shirts? Can't believe this. Catch Some the of fever. The, yeah, more, yeah. It's the thing is that more Bronco shirts have ended up having to be taken away because those players aren't on the team anymore, mm-hmm. or you know the coach didn't work out or whatever it may be so we need more like things or the Broncos the, need to have more things for them also yeah. the nfl being a little more stingy on what's possible and what's not possible um should we do broncos country let's punt <laughs> oh boy i'm not quite sure those gonna be flying off the shelves <laughs> yeah i don't think so so as soon as the broncos you know start doing more cool things and get an identity yep yeah yep. i've got a couple ideas love it all right, last one here from Windy City Bronco. Again, if we can't get to yours on a, uh, a post-game show uh, or a for day after show, then just bring it to the next day. We'll try to get it then. The earlier mm-hmm. you do it, obviously, the better chance we have of getting to it. 
Windy City Broncos says, I absolutely loved that game. Last night was the first time in six years I've been able to make it out to Mile High in my wife's first game there. It was noisy. It had everything that I love about seeing a Broncos game in person at home. But I felt like we were surrounded by negative fans. I'm not talking about people who merely booed when our offense was struggling. I'm talking about people who thought they were the next gurus, or next genius OC, had all the answers. They had to share their genius with everyone around them. It was tedious. We had a great time in spite of them, but man, I do not understand people who pay that much money just to complain the entire game. Shouldn't you be at home crafting some spicy tweets instead? <laughs> it's pretty rough out there. Like, just yeah. for me, it wasn't, you know, people thinking that they're the next genius OC. To me, for me, it was just like the people just yelling the most out of pocket shit yep. at their own team, mm. you know? Like, just Russ sucks, much worse stuff than that. It's like, man, come on. Like, the whole point of being here is to support them. Yeah. Now, I'm okay with voicing your frustrations via booing sometimes. Um, was last night okay? Those, like, I don't even count the, like, third three and out, just, like, kind of smattering of boos. Yeah. Um, In the third quarter, there was a, a chorus yeah, of, of boos. For sure. And I think at that point... I think it was warranted. It's warranted. Uh, but I just don't like doing it in a close game. I really don't. Exactly. And you know what? You know what my, the best thing to illustrate my point is? The 49ers hear that and they're running off the field saying, yeah, do that. Do more of that. They want that because they know it's dejecting on the other side. So I don't love it. But that that's different than just like screaming obscenities from, you know, we're sitting close to the to the sidelines, so these guys can hear it. Yeah. And I'm just like, why are you doing that to them? What do you think yeah, that I, I accomplishes? Agree yeah. I agree with you yep. there. Yeah. Um, all right. That is going to wrap it up for us. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a long one. A lot of stuff to talk about. Thankfully, we have a whole week to do it. So plenty more discussion coming this week. And uh, appreciate all of you guys for listening in. And we'll be back with you tomorrow on the DMVR Broncos podcast.